Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Said, if I had to give you, if I had to ask you that uh, you have to put a number on what are the chances that Carlo Ancelotti remains as Real Madrid's manager beyond the current season, what would be that number? Like, obviously, a percentage uh, out of 100. I just need the number. 10, 10%. 10%. For me, it's... Somewhere between 25 and 30. But why is that? How is that? We're going to discuss this on our second episode of the Real Deal podcast. Today's episode is all about who is going to be the next Real Madrid manager. So let's get into that. Welcome, everyone, to The Real Deal Podcast. On episode one, Sid and I discussed uh, how we became Real Madrid fans and how our journey so far has been. We're discussing something completely different today. <laughs> uh, today is about uh, much, much bigger names than Mehdi Hassan and Siddharth Ramsander. Probably not not much, close enough. But uh, yeah, uh, we're going to talk about three names today. Carlo Ancelotti, Zinedine Zidane, and Xavi Alonso. And we're going to discuss out of these three, which may be Real Madrid's next manager. Some of them have a better chance than the others, but uh, we're going to break all of this down. So said we're talking about Carlo Ancelotti, that uh, you're putting 10% chances on him staying on as the manager. And I'm putting somewhere between 25 to 30. Uh, I'll say I'll say my part, but... Uh, why do you even see that 10% if I want to ask you that straight well, out of the bat? That's a good question. I, I only gave it 10 because I think um, the way I run simulations in my brain is anything is possible. So even if something's impossible, you want to give it a possibility. And so I think there's almost 0% chance. But I think there might be a scenario where we win maybe the Champions League. Maybe we win a league. Maybe the whole squad says Carlo stays. I don't know. Um, it's just, I didn't expect Carlo to be here this season. I know there was no rumor he'd get fired, but 
maybe there's a very slim chance that if he ends on such a good note, they don't want to sack him um, or they don't want to let him go. Maybe they renew him. I assume he's going to Brazil for the 10% chance that life circumstances hit. I'm going to say 10%. But honestly, that 10 is like my version of saying zero is what I mean. I'm just going to give it, I'm going to give him a chance. Maybe there's a world where it happens, you know? Yeah. And uh, as you said, like 10 is basically your zero. But even if I think it, from a different perspective let's say if he stays on or not i think a lot of that will be dependent on how real madrid does this season first of all and second of all how ambitious we are in the transfer market now we have like been hyped about so many gigantic summers uh, like so many overhauls and stuff like that but in the end there have been some transfer windows though that have been underwhelming uh, there was a news recently that the club had requested for another like almost 400 million for the Bernabeu uh, renovations. I, I I have no idea if that report is true or not. It'll, it'll, I think a lot of the things will depend on how the club is financially, uh, how the club is thinking financially uh, when summer comes and also how Ancelotti has delivered uh, by the end of the season. Now, in a scenario where we have won La Liga and probably another Copa, although for some reason I think La Liga is the only competition we have a real shot at this season, uh, not even the Copa and not the Champions League. So I'm still torn. That's why I, I put like 25% because I don't know. I, I obviously want to move on from Ancelotti, but I don't know if the club is going to be that much ambitious that okay if he wins the league and then they sack him uh, and then they like don't renew his contract i think he runs out of the contract in 2024 right yeah yeah his contract's out next year yeah so they just don't renew him whether the club will be that much adventurous and go and look for a new manager how i have seen real madrid over the years i'm 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 still a bit skeptic about that and probably my skepticism is bringing that extra 15 percent on top of that but one thing is for sure and one thing i think you and i both agree on is that uh, carlo ancelotti is a real madrid legend a bona fide legend and not just like any legend he's like a legend of the absolute creme de la creme de la creme highest order at real madrid but it's time that we move on and if we want to move on from carlo ancelotti at this juncture i think there are only two people that i'm even willing to look at one of them is zinedine zidane the other is javi alonso so who do you want to talk first zidane or alonso just briefly i just want to chime in on carlo and why i want to make sure he's gone um i guess like the reason he needs to go is because managers work in cycles teams go in cycles and so when Carlo came, I was actually excited for him. I think I had said clearly, mm-hmm. I think Zidane had managed, he had managed like almost every, the ending of every season of, for six seasons had Zidane. The one season he wasn't there, it was like six months and he basically came back to a very similar squad. Mm-hmm. That's a long time for one coach in one place. And we're not like, we weren't as perfectly run as Man City in that time. Like Hazard got hurt. We didn't have the pieces that City gave Pep. And if we did have this pieces City gave Pep, if we didn't get unlucky with the Hazard injury, um, invested more aggressively in prime age talents like Son, Salah, maybe. Um, then there's a chance Zidane could have stayed on and actually built on it. But at the end of that season, I felt offensively the team was just in a slump. 
the young guys, like they were way too used to Zidane and his style of play. And I felt he himself was a little conservative. So Carlo coming in, I knew he would push transitions more. I knew he would play a more spontaneous style of play. And he did a great job. But I think we need to acknowledge that the Vinny breakout season, we finished with two more points in La Liga than the year before. Mm. I get that we won the league way far in advance. It was an easier league the year after than the year in Zidane's last season. But I think what Carlo offered as a catalyst, it, there's just no way to, for that to happen this season or next. Like this season, fine. Again, we mm. swap Jude and Benz. We see Carlo's effect on Jude. I think mm. what Carlo's done for Jude is very unique. But I think we definitely have to move on because even if he wins the Champions if he wins the Champions League, he should just retire on a high from club football. And um, also, I don't think Brazil would have given Denise a one-year contract, I should add, if Carlo wasn't going for sure. Like, you don't just do an interim coach. But, mm. like, international football, they like hiring a coach for an entire cycle, not, like, mm. waiting. So that's why I think Carlo needs to go. And we have two really good options here to replace him. Let's be honest. I'm, I'm going to be honest. In my entire time following Real Madrid, I have not been so happy with the options we were going to replace a current coach with. Like, this is, like... Wow, like you get to choose between one version of Real Madrid Guardiola and another Real Madrid Guardiola is the way I see it. Yeah, that's that's actually a brilliant way to put it. And also, as you mentioned, that there hasn't been too many times where we had such quality options because when Carlo arrived, our options were Allegri, Conte, Pochettino, I think. So, and probably names like Guti were, you know, flying around. Raul was probably one, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's it's good to have a coach who has won everything with Real Madrid except the Copa del Rey, and but probably has compensated for that by winning three Champions League titles in a row and also winning the best defensive league title in the club's history, probably in modern history at least. And the other is this modern hipster choice but he's greatly appreciated his playing style is extremely exciting and uh, the change in air that we're seeking Xabi Alonso will just provide that straight out so again coming back to you how do you want to tackle this Zidane first or Alonso first Zidane um so as, as we were talking about before starting we got a show on the last Managing Madrid live call we got a question right when Mehedi left it asking basically why Zidane like is overrated, like saying Zidane is not that good. I'll read out the question right now very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. So the dude Gal Eldar is saying that he isn't saying Zizou's not an all-time great coach, which he is. Um, his point is that both times when he left, um, he felt the situation wouldn't allow him to win at a high level, and which is why he left. And even if he comes back, it's possible that it's only going to be short term. He might leave within two to three seasons. It may not be an ideal winning situation for him. And he feels like it's not going to be like he feels he's a lot like Pep, where Pep won't coach under anything but the optimal circumstances. Hmm. Um, so point taken, Gal. And I guess what I have to say to that is I think, firstly, that's smart. Um, I like the saying, win the battle before you step onto the field. Don't go and... Um, coach a team that's not going to spend money on your players. And Zidane came back the second time. They gave him $300 million for Hazard, Jovic, Mendy, Militao. Um, I think if he comes back only with assurances, that's okay. I guess Gal also asked to a degree if Zidane is that good tactically as well. Um, then essentially Zidane, I think people need to realize like it's 
there were two different Zidans. There was first spell Zidane and second spell Zidane. First spell Zidane was Modric at right back, uh, cast a hero attacking the box. Fine, that was both spells, to be fair. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was Modric at right back. It was Ramos and Varane exposed in transition. It was a lot of Isco Marcelo just somehow drive the ball into the box. It was um, a lot of reliance on just individual quality. There were games where it wasn't like that, like big games and Clásicos, Champions League ties, when he would really lock in and get everyone to defend. But the second time he came, I think right around when Hazard got injured, he pretty much realized they're not going to win anything if they play that offensively, especially with Hazard out. And it became a much more defensive unit. The 2019-20 season was the best defense in Real Madrid history. Um, we locked teams down. Our mid-block was the stuff that like everyone in Europe was looking like, wow, we looked like Atletico Madrid, honestly, at points, the way we defended. And um, we had one 20-goal scorer, one guy who scored 20. Nobody else crossed double digits. Sergio Ramos was the second-highest goal mm-hmm. scorer. Was it five non-penalty goals? Like It was a ridiculous number. Yeah, yeah. He, he was like scoring a lot of penalties that season. Yeah, so five non-penalty goals from our second-highest goal scorer in the league, which is just pathetic. And we won the league. And not only did we win the league, we finished with 87 points. If we needed, we could have finished with 89 if we had to win the last match day, which is almost 90 with one 20-goal scorer. Like, if any other coach does that, Simeone, he's getting praised. Like, even that Atleti team probably had more goal scorers than Real Madrid when they won the league both those times. So, I guess, like... The first thing I want to just put out there, it's two different Zidans. And I also like, I know we got clowned by Man City, but when Zidane and Pep were talking out of, after the game, I felt good because I know Zidane actually cares. He takes pride in being a good coach. He actually cares about build-up play. And like the defensive and in-possession ability the second time when we weren't that good with our attackers, but we just overwhelmed teams with Cruz, Modric, and possession. I just thought we saw an evolution. And I wrote about this for Stats Bomb a few years ago. I thought I think it just needs to be known that Zinedine Zidane is much closer to a defensive, possession-oriented Guardiola-style coach. He just didn't coach a press. That's the main difference. Yeah, and uh, I think I wrote about this recently on Twitter or like X that there are like multiple layers to this. When you're saying when someone is saying that Zidane is trash tactically, like why is he trash? Like what is the explanation? What is that you're seeking tactically from him that you're not getting? Zidane is trash is just one statement. But if I ask the same person or like people that can you explain why do, don't you like Zidane? Those explanations never arrive. I think also it's extremely uh, disrespectful to talk about him in the manner that he left twice because like he couldn't fight the battle or like things got got difficult because are we forgetting at which circumstances we hired him in the first place and twice uh, are we forgetting at which circumstance he agreed to coach Real Madrid in the first place uh, so I think to say that he flew away when things got tough winning three Champions League titles and then admitting that I this is my team too I'm a fan too I want the team to get a new direction and then moving on that's not like leaving a team when going got tough when your employers have made an absolutely untenable work environment for for you and this is like people who like work at jobs or like have bosses they will know this that if your boss is making your work environment terrible you can't work there it doesn't matter if you're Zidane or who if you move on from there 100% you you're you're within your rights to do that so i think it's disrespectful to say that he 
goes away whenever things get tough. No. He went away for the first time when Real Madrid could have moved on from one chapter and created a beautiful chapter. They hired Lopetegui. Lopetegui got got sacked after 10, 10 league games then they hired Solari and then they brought back Zidane to fix all of this mess again so no he's not the guy who's going out every time things get tough he's the guy who saves Real Madrid every time things get tough also the point the Manchester City point that you brought that we didn't I would probably disagree that we got clowned by Manchester City in 1920 we got clowned by Manchester City last year what happened in 1920 was we dominated the hell out of City for the 80 minutes at the Bernabeu. Then something flipped in Sergio Ramos's head. He couldn't clear the ball against uh, Gabriel Jesus, who, was, who played that entire game as a left midfielder and then suddenly popped behind Ramos for the first goal. And for the second goal, Ramos got the red card done and dusted. The second leg... Zidane's mistake was starting Hazard ahead of Vini. I do admit that. And Madrid were not coping with City's press at all. But we have to remember, we got we lost that game for Rafael Varane because he made two terrible mistakes. Those goals, two goals, do not happen if Varane doesn't mess up there. And we actually scored an away goal there too. So we had almost an equal chance to coming back in that game. We had no chance of coming back last year against Manchester City. When Bernardo Silva scored his first goal, we were out of that we're out of England at that point in time. So a lot of these Zidane things, as you said, he was, we often forget like how young he is as a like top, like first team coach because he has achieved so much. His experience is like less than what Jurgen Klopp's entire tenure at uh, Liverpool is, is, right? At first team level. So I think within this time, in his first stint, he basically achieved whatever he could achieve. Then he started to become more tactically sophisticated. The 2019-20 season was a defensive masterclass. The season after that, he was actually becoming more positional than ever. I did some writing at that time uh, regarding this as well. And the positional aspects in Zidane's coaching was bound to come at some point because even when you know taking his coaching license, he was going to Bayern's training to like speak with Guardiola. We saw all of, all of that stuff. And uh, something I really appreciate about Zidane, I think, if he had taken his coaching license through the France, the French Football Federation, he could have gotten it like within a year. But I think he took it from uh, like through RFEF, like Spain's federation, and that's why he had to like spend three years. He had to work on it. For three years but he took the long route to learn all these things so th- that's something you gotta appreciate in a coach and he was becoming more positional he was becoming more structured i think you uh, said in one of the podcasts said that tactics don't just come all at together they need to be layered on top of each other so those layers were actually building up in zidane's game we just never really had our club is not that kind of a club that will probably ever give give that kind of freedom or time to a coach to completely build everything he ever wanted in a team we'll see in the future if if that ever comes to fruition but i i sometimes think about like writing something really elaborate how zidane has been seriously misunderstood based on his second stint and especially the last season of his second stint somehow like we judge his entire coaching tenure at Real Madrid 
based on that one season where he had to deal with 65 injuries, he had to deal with COVID, he had to deal with uh, bad bosses, quote-unquote. But he, he just remains misunderstood to a lot of Madridistas for me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even before the, the bad bosses thing, actually, I've read that like Florentino and Jose Angel Sanchez were debating who would have to sack Zidane once they put him in. I read that somewhere recently. Yeah, and the first time they actually hired him in 2016, uh, Unai Emery was set to become the Real Madrid coach in summer 2016 because Florentino already, he, he didn't, you know, foresee Zidane winning the Champions League in his first season. He thought like, okay, this is like a... This is like a part-time thing. He'll be done after this season. Then we'll hire Unai Emery. But he won the Champions League and the rest is history. Uh, and we used to like see these reports in Marca and us every uh, week. Uh, especially when, like, remember we were struggling to get out of the Champions League group. We had like a couple of must-win games because we lost home and away to Shakhtar that season in the group stage. So I think the last couple of games we had to win to get out of the group. And... At that time, a league game, Champions League game, every game we were seeing reports like, okay, this is the last game Zidane. If he loses this, he's out. If he loses this, he's out. In the middle of that, Jovic and Odegaard suddenly give, get this you know, premonition that, oh, they need to save their careers uh, while the team is losing players left and right due to injuries. They move on. Well, like they do they. It's, it's fine. They move on to Arsenal on loan. And I think, where did Jovic go? Frankfurt uh, in January. It, it was just a complete mess. And amidst this mess, we still made it to the Champions League semifinal and got like cooked by Chelsea because we were basically playing a half-fit team. team. And we still were uh, one Vinicius goal away from winning the league title again. If Vinicius, I think uh, it was home against Sevilla, he takes a shot, his shot... <laughs> Somehow, like, he takes the shot with his right foot, it hits it, his left foot and then goes out of play. If that goes in, we won't, like, we defend the title. So, Zidane is just so misunderstood, man. He's just so misunderstood. Yeah, the 64 injury season was bad. And I will fully admit, like, at that point, I wasn't sure if we, like, in the fall of that season when the injuries were happening, we had a, we started that season the worst. Like, we stabilized is what I remember. But the start of that season was a disaster because, um, we weren't able to build up with Casemiro, which obviously, you know, it's kind of nice to not have to deal with that problem now. But, um, you know, the slightest problem to like our build up structure with any of our generational players not being 100% fit. And yeah, Ramos's injuries that season meant we finally lost his build up qualities and that destroyed our build up with Casemiro mm-hmm. out. And I remember in October, I did a podcast, I think with Om, maybe Kian, and I didn't want Zidane here much longer. I wasn't sure if I wanted him sacked, but I did want a new coach. I wanted Tuchel, actually. Um, and Tuchel won the Champions League that season. Mm-hmm. And I just figured we needed a coach who could catalyze the young guys. But I think that second half of the season, I just remember like checking score. Like I, I didn't watch that season as much. It was really painful, to be honest. Like it was like it was positional, but still painful because like positional in that we get to the final third really well. Painful in that, like, we wouldn't be able to actually generate an advantage mm. there, even if we played perfect. We we had these fancy sets for Asensio to come take long shots. Like, that's what we were doing. <laughs> Which, to be fair, like, not like last season was that much different. Again, we mm. finished 78 points last season with, um, in my opinion, a clearly better team. Yeah. Even with Benzema hurt, like, six less points than that injury season. And um, to see that even on the last match day we were in it was great. Um, 
And I think those last six months considerably like improved my opinion. But they also like gave Zidane every reason to leave. He felt like he was under pressure from the board. I agree with all that. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've pretty much watched. I guess like all our best memories as Real Madrid fans have also more or less come under Zidane, right? Um, yeah. Like repeat, no team has ever retained the title like unless Man City does it this season, which. Mm. That's the one thing I'm rooting against. Like, I appreciate Man City, but I don't want them to get to that record. Um, So, yeah, I'm with you. And that's why I would love Zidane. But I guess, like, now is a good time to segue into why I would want Zabi. And it's not that I don't want Zidane. Like, we get Zidane, I'm confident we're winning titles. I'm confident we're doing well, especially because I don't think we get Zidane and don't go at, like, get Mbappe, to be perfectly honest. Um, Hmm. I'm... I'm still convinced he's coming here next summer, even if I sound like an idiot. Um, so, like, there's a reason we put that statement out today. You don't put out that statement unless you're trying to appease PSG, and 100% we are. Um, when we said that we are not in negotiations for Mbappe, like, that was such an obvious way of saying we are in negotiations for Mbappe for me. Um, so if we get another striker, that's a new Galacticos team. He's going to cook, but... I guess that brings me to Zabi. I'm really excited by what I'm seeing from Zabi at Leverkusen. He seems to bring about this like unique build-up understanding that's almost Deserbi-esque, uh, mm. even more than Pep, like Deserbi-esque, because like they kind of morph around the way the opposition plays. Um, but mm. again, Deserbi doesn't bring the block abilities that Zabi has. Zabi seems to have a really crazy ability to shift his team's block in the same game. Mm. Like mm. when they beat Bayern last season and they like started pressing and then they just settled into a mid-block. That's what I've wanted from my favorite football team my whole life, actually. Um, I want a team that when the game is nil-nil the first hour, you have to pound them into the dust. Mm. Once you're up, don't waste your energy. I hate teams that like play helter-skelter the whole game. I like teams that kill off games in a very shrewd way. Mm. And I'm that's what excites me about Xabi Alonso. Yeah, we will definitely dissect uh, Javi's prospects that we have with more said. But just to... Uh, go back to Zidane for a little bit and close out on that matter is why I want Zidane like I want to make it completely clear either of them arrive I am 100% like behind them I have no issues I'll just Zidane is probably just a a personal preference that I'll prefer over other coaches but either of them work for me no problem at all now the thing with Zidane is I think he has he brings like proven assurity we kind of know what we'll be getting uh, to a certain extent, and probably then he'll build things on top of that. Uh, the dressing room would be a cakewalk. Like most of like them, like Kamavinga, Chuamini, these guys will probably ask for autographs or something uh, because like France and everything. And the other people, he knows the club, he knows the culture, just like Javi does as well. Uh, so the dressing room intrigation would be like, it'll probably take him five seconds to figure things out. But from there on, there is an assurity then that you can get from Zidane. And one thing that why I root for Zidane to come back is because he's not going to come back without the assurance of like a Galactico summer again. Uh, Javi might even without that because of the allure of Real Madrid, because the pride related to it. Zidane has achieved everything you can do with the pride of managing Real Madrid. Uh, he, he has already done all of that. That doesn't, I don't think that necessarily excites him anymore. So if he comes back, he is coming back with the assurance of another 2019 that he he needs that 200 300 million in the bank to spend i don't think uh, javi can ask for that or florentino would even entertain that 
from anyone else but Zidane. He didn't even entertain that from Carlo Ancelotti. He brought back Carlo Ancelotti because Ancelotti will work with whichever team uh, he has been given. And I kind of think, obviously, Xavi would be so much more exciting tactically in terms of gameplay, but he's pretty much going to be, in terms of boardroom talk, he's pretty much going to be more similar to Ancelotti than Zidane. And also, like, Zidane is... He's a bit strange. Like he, I don't think he's necessarily in the coaching game for money or anything. He's a lifetime ambassador of Adidas, so he's he's not really gonna like. As he said himself, he's not really gonna take any job. He's gonna take a job that that gives him guarantees to win trophies and including Real Madrid. Real Madrid. He's not he's not gonna come here if our forward options, center forward options, are sometimes Rodrigo and Hoselu. And Bellingham, number 10, he's not going to come if that's our forward line planning. He's going to c- come only if there is a Galactica signing in the horizon. So that, that was that was my Zidane part. Xavi, yeah. Real Madrid legend, Spain legend. Uh, I have whatever much, however much I have followed Leverkusen. Uh, man, I could really use a coach like this at Real Madrid. Like this kind of gameplay. Because our, our squad is so versatile and a lot of the times previously when there were like such big personalities in the dressing room, whether uh, there will be a buy-in to the ideas of a younger coach, a new coach, that has been a concern at Real Madrid to some extent. With Xavi, that's not going to be the concern because he's a legend too. And this is probably the most likable, most manageable Real Madrid squad of all time. Uh, Most, uh, you know, focused towards learning and, you know, building up their their forte this is that kind of a squad Kamavingas Jude's Fede's Chuomini's all of these guys so I don't think for Javi even uh, integration of the dressing room would be any concern his style of play would be obviously a lot different than what we have right now but because he's Javi Alonso and because the kind of squad we have I don't think there's going to be any issues at all regarding that buy-in aspect that we talk so much about yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's what I love about both these coaches. Like, huge names, like, everyone is going to respect them. Maybe Zidane, there's a little more of that aura. But Zabi, I mean, he was really, he could, he played under Benitez at Liverpool. Dude, he took a mirror selfie of his shoes with the Champions League title. He he has aura too. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he, does. Um, he does. And I mean, his meme, like, farewell to the beautiful game is still used yeah. to be it. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, but well-spoken guy, very charismatic, in a very soft-spoken manner, like Zidane is my, is what I've gathered from him. And, I mean, played under Benitez at Liverpool, Pellegrini and Mourinho at Real Madrid, and then Carlo Ancelotti, Real Madrid, and obviously Pep Guardiola at Bayern. And he was... Del Bosque and Luis Aragones at Spain. Yes, and he started on both the Guardiola team and the Spain team, and, like, because and he started. If I'm not wrong, they played Busquets, Zabi, Chavi, and Iniesta, right? Yeah. All four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's because I mean he wasn't like the most perfect press resistant player, but he was so all rounded. His long balls and his defending and organization mm. were just top notch. Um, like I remember, it took me a while to get used to Cruz's defensive ability relative to Zabi's. I know like Cruz was much more progressive. But also, like, it took me some time to get used to the fact that we don't have this two-way machine in Zabi right there who can kind of take care of all the duties. So, yeah, no question he has a lot of things figured out tactically. Leverkusen should not be playing this well. 
I like they're they should not be this top of the Bundesliga. Like they are, according to what I can tell, they're the biggest threat to take the title from Bayern that we've seen in years. Like Dortmund somehow choked it last year in the funniest way. <laughs> Even with Jude, they could. Yeah, yeah. So Dortmund had two years with Jude and Haaland. Like one a year before, they had Jude and Haaland, and they didn't get close. Leipzig. You know, every year they supposedly threaten and they never get mm. there, even though some years they're better than others. Mm. So, um, and if you've seen, I don't know if you've seen, but what he's doing with like words, Rimpong, and yeah. like Boniface is ridiculous. Uh, was was Jeremy Doku was at uh, Leverkusen at some point, or was he was he playing in France? He was in France. He was in France. France. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was I was probably mistaken with for someone else. Yeah, and who knows if we bring Xavi, we might get Rimpong because we. Really, like as good as Carvajal is playing, uh, we do need a right back. That's not Lucas Vasquez, and if it's next year, all the all the better, I think. Uh, let's talk about like hypothetical signings uh, regarding both Zidane and Xavi, and uh, well, the obvious signings or potential signings are always going to be talked about because this is a Real Madrid podcast. They're going to be the same, right? Either way. Like, you don't, I don't, I know you mentioned Zidane might have more boardroom influence, but I think no matter what, like, I think that was maybe a few years ago after the pandemic. Now I think like the club will sign who they want, no matter what, which is Davies and Mbappe. It's going to be so funny if Zidane walks in and he looks at Mendy and says something like, like, you're still here. <laughs> but uh, no, but uh, Zidane probably like Zidane never saw Mendy declining because Zidane's two years were Mendy's best two best years basically, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, like the, that's what I would expect too. Like it's been mostly injury problems that have rocked him since, mm. and like yeah, Zidane. I mean, I would say even in build up, Mendy would invert a lot under Zidane if you remember. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Before Vinny had like his winger thing figured out, it was awkward, but it worked, and like he was trying things. Um, Zidane went complete crazy during the last stretch of the 21, 2021 season. Like there would be three man backlines where Mendy is the left center back and uh, Marcelo is playing uh, left wing back. He started uh, Vinicius as the right wing back against Chelsea away. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he he went complete berserk. Uh, uh, during the last stretch of that season. Uh, so signings, yeah, I think I would love, obviously love someone like Alfonso Davies. Mbappe is like a given, but man, like, again, for Mbappe, it's it's simple for me at this point. Like, I'm going to see he's here if, if he's here. Otherwise, I, in my head, he'll never play for Real Madrid. If he's here, okay, then, then we talk about it. But uh, I just... Don't trust PSG as a club. I think they will come up with some evil scheme to for another contract extension. Probably that's a segue we can make. Like, what if no Mbappe? What's what's your plan at that point? What if no Mbappe and no Haaland? Right, and um, that's why I think Zabi and Leverkusen is such an interesting topic. There is another player who's broken out of nowhere, um, Victor Boniface for Bayer Leverkusen. He is currently at nine starts, seven, um, eight, almost nine nineties. He has nine expected goals in nine starts. Mm-hmm. So he is at 1.04. No, he's at 1.16 non-penalty expected goals plus assists per 90. Damn. That is insane. We don't see nine-game stretches like that for random out of nowhere. So 
I think firstly, if we're not getting Mbappe, I would love Zabi to come and develop our players, but also just throwing Boniface's name out there if we don't get Mbappe. Mm. We can't get Haaland. Like Zabi's just coaching him now and he's insane. Like Boniface, there was some stat, but like there are very few players who even put up the number of shots he has in the 90th stretch in history. So like this is something special we're seeing. He's from Nigeria. I would like him over Asimhan, actually. I know Victor Asimhan is a name people float. And he is a really good player. Um, Asimhan, the injuries and the age, like he's 24, just worry me a little. And the Syria, like I'm just a little down on that Syria. Like, Lee. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid of Syria. Like, Liao is a different story. And I know Asimhan is as physical. But I guess we have such ridiculous standards for our, like, final striker. Yeah. And, um... I'm happy to hold up Victor to that. You know, I'm sorry, Victor. <laughs> uh, obviously, if not Mbappe, I think Julian Alvarez is someone I would really love to look at. But I think he's also he's also pretty much set on City for for quite some time. And Pep is like doing some really interesting stuff with him. Like he pairs him up with Haaland in a flat four four two. And this guy is like taking set pieces. I've never seen him take any set piece for Argentina, <laughs> but he's like taking free kicks, scoring from free kicks. He's doing all sorts of crazy things. But yeah, whatever happens, I I just don't want to see a scenario again where yeah we have probably signed Davies or another defender or we have signed uh, another exciting midfielder, but our forward line is. Vinicius, Brahim Diaz, Rodrigo, Endrick, and we have retained Jose Lu. That's not that's not what I want to see. Yeah, I want to see Endrick at Real Madrid. Uh, I want to see him thriving, but we need a goal scorer that will guarantee us thirty to forty goals. No questions asked, uh, because what Jude is doing this season, it's obviously good to watch. It's good to enjoy. But I have serious doubts of this sustaining in the very long term, in the you know far long term. So that's why I think we need that goal scorer. I just don't want that scenario where we're saying, yeah, Rodrigo can play false nine if needed, and there is Andrew and stuff like that. You know? Yeah, yeah, and that's why Boniface. We got briefly linked to him in October. I don't. Mm-hmm. It just intrigues me as a signing in that um, sort of like Goulart or Andrew. The price point would be something where we might want to gamble. I don't think he. He might cost 100 million by the end of the season because he won the Bundesliga and scored 30 goals. Fine, yeah. like that's very possible, um, but that's still cheaper than Mbappe, Haaland, and Osimhen, who are all like 150 million packages at this point and bigger salaries, no doubt. Um, so, and I think that's where if we're gonna have like any set of players, that's why I would love Zabi to come in and develop the players. Um, mm. And here's my other reason I would like Zabi. I think when Zabi's done, then I would like Zidane. Oh, oh! I see what you. I see. I see what you're doing. <laughs> young team, three, four years, young mm-hmm. coach, and then um, Zidane again for the next set of Galacticos. Because within three to four years, we probably renew and change a little bit. Probably bring in another Galactico who's younger in a few years. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, yeah, that's really what I would like. Um, and I guess it's still apples to oranges. But I think if we get Zidane and we have a top team, it's going to be really good. And I, I think. I guess what's shocking about Zabi, I'll say, is this. With Zidane at Real, we saw a lot of spells, or any coach learning, we see spells where they like get things wrong. At least from what I'm gathering, Zabi doesn't get too much wrong. Like, yeah. <laughs> like The I'm floor gonna... is like really high with him. Yeah, yeah. Absurd floor. And with Zidane, the floor will be high, but I'm not sure if we'll press. With Zabi, I do mm. believe we will press. That is yes. probably the biggest difference. 
Yes. What do you think? Yes, uh, I'm 100%. I don't think with Zidane we will see a drastic change of playing styles as we will see with Xavi. With Xavi, we will press from day one. With Zidane, well, with Zidane, the thing is, even in 2021, we would press, but not as aggressively. And even at, during that season, our man-oriented press was much better than what even it is right now. But that season was like so brutal, dude. We never could, you know, stitch together two, three games with the same 11 or with the same scheme. So I, now that whole thing has become a what if or a hypothetical that what would have happened if we gave that time. But I'm 100% sure with Zidane, we will not press as much as we will with Xavi. And obviously I've been so vocal about that Real Madrid needs to build this, build a sustainable pressing scheme because otherwise we'll just not stack up against teams like Manchester City in, in Europe. That's just not possible if we don't have a good pressing and counter-pressing scheme. Yeah, yeah. And I think, again, with Zidane at full strength, that's the thing. Like, those head-to-head matchups against the Guardiolas. Mm-hmm. I don't worry about him in those matchups with the good enough players. Um, like, mm-hmm. with Mbappe, I don't actually worry about most of his <laughs> any matchup, if we get him, obviously. Let's not talk. But, like, at that point, we have, like, the most athletic and technically gifted team in Europe. Like, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't worry. But yeah, with Zidane, it was a mid block, I would say. Like, it was like a really yeah. intense yeah. mid block, but it was a mid block. Like, it would start closer to the 60 yard line at most. It wouldn't start like up at 80 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was still stifling, though. I will say, like, it was very stifling, especially with Fede when he was playing mm-hmm. in 1920. Um, that I just couldn't believe my eyes some games. Like, the other team would have no shot at scoring, like, all game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we would just strangle them and we would also have the ball for a lot of the game so they couldn't do anything um yeah that i would say that's the main difference and then i guess also on top of that i i'm sure like experience might be a factor like zidane has won a lot zavi would be his first run like you can never be too certain um but and i guess like some people think zavi might be a little too positional as well i've had that criticism um i wrote an article recently about how zavi is the perfect blend of positionism and giving freedom to players. Cause we've seen like a few different instances. One instance of Zabi, his team's like building up with distances, but then getting closer to each other mm. further they get up or like the same, like pressing to start a game and then getting into mid blocks. Um, like the way they adapt their game from phase to phase, you don't have to do that to win. I just want to see like a team where everyone's talking about us because we're the team that's sophisticated. And um, it's not even for attention. It's just mm. like, it would be nice. And um, yeah, I guess that's the only difference. And I, I guess I underrate Zidane a little because fundamentally the trophies we win under both probably don't vary that much. Like we probably win the same trophy hall under either. And that's why I want both. I just want Zabi and then Zidane. I see. I see. Remember the 2021 season where Rodrigo was having like a really good run and then he got injured and then and Vinicius was benched at that point. Rodrigo would start on the left wing and he was like killing it on the left wing at that time. And he had three, four good games and then he got injured. And then he, we actually never saw that version of Rodrigo ever again for Real Madrid. I think that was unfortunate as well. Uh, Another big what if, what if he didn't get injured, would he be where Vinicius is right now? Probably that's a bit unfair to Vinicius because he has, Rodrigo has had time to do stuff as well. So did Vinicius. Vinicius just did them so much better eventually. Uh, 
anything else regarding Zidane or Xavi or anything, basically? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess one more thing. Um, essentially, the other concern I have if we don't get Xavi is who gets him. Oh, yeah. Bayern, dude. <laughs> I, yep. I don't think Tuchel's going to be there <laughs> be there a while. But if we don't get Zidane, the worst case is France gets him, and I don't care if France get him. Like, I- uh, the thing is... With France, I don't think he is in in a very good terms with France. But here's the thing. Uh, I think France renewed Deschamps uh, until the Euros or until the next World Cup. Oh, yeah, they did renew him. Let me see that. Um... Yeah. If, if they renewed him until the Euros, if France doesn't win the Euros, I think after the Euros, it's going to be yeah, Zidane's. Yeah, then I think it's pretty much settled. If, yeah, he, if he can get to the France job, he will take the France job, Zidane, I'm talking about. And then probably your your fantasy comes true because then he goes, coaches France a couple of years, wins the World Cup or something uh, in 26. And by that time, Real Madrid have had three years of Zabi and then Zidane comes back at some point in time. There's but, also, uh, I guess there's also a world where he coaches a Saudi taken over team in France, was a rumor. Um, if- uh, there was a rumor, and I don't think that was dismissed pretty pretty fast, too. No, I, I, why wouldn't you? I mean, you're, there's only, like, if you look at these French guys who like Zidane, it's Real Madrid and France are, like, their two religions. Yeah. And um, I could totally see him taking up a job like that if they're just backing him with money. And yeah. letting him control the club, like he would do a stellar job. Yeah, I mean, like imagine Marseille with oil money kicking PSG's ass. That would be beautiful. Yes, I, that was the thing. I think that like there was a talk of a Saudi takeover of Marseille, and Zidane apparently said that yeah, he would take the job if he was given those kind of guarantees. But then I think some news outlets then went on to dismiss that too. But here's something curious about Zidane. For example. He's not going to take like a job like Juventus or something like that or or a Manchester United for that matter. For example, if Real Madrid hires Alonso in the summer and France win the Euros, so Deschamps gets another renewal, where does Zidane go from there? Because he has already not coached by the by by the time we go to summer, that would be 3 years that he hasn't coached and that's kind of a huge sabbatical not that it really matters to him i think because as i said like he's a he's not really in this for the money or anything he's a lifetime ambassador of adidas and he spends time with his families he was skateboarding i think it was funny like i think it was a time when madrid were not doing so well and we were like really struggling with ancelotti and zidane was like posting videos of skateboarding and people are like really mad like dude the team is steam is not doing well why are you skateboarding come back or something uh so yeah he's probably gonna just you know spend holidays but the time is ticking i think for zidane isn't it because it's, it's been a while he hasn't coached and if real madrid gets javi and france renews Desham, uh what's next for zidane yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And um, that's where the whole France situation, I'm disappointed in it. I mean, like, I know you're an Argentina fan, so you were probably focusing on how Di Maria cooked. I was yeah. a France fan, and I was focusing on how the way Benzema was not allowed to cook the way mm. Di Maria was. The way mm. Di Maria was kept in the squad the whole tournament, 
and they didn't worry about group management only to play the final game and toast Jules Kunde. <laughs> on the other hand, like when the Shams sent Benzema home, so when Giroud and Dembele looked like like complete like like they when they got completely cooked by Argentina and got subbed off in what like the 38th minute, yeah. there was no striker who could come and calm calm things down because you had to send him home because you listened to Antoine Griezmann and Hugo Lloris, hmm. and um, that really upset me about the whole situation. Um, I know Zidane probably was pretty upset as well. Benzema, um, I really. It's just super unfortunate because it would have been so nice if he was at France right now and just kind of taking this generation on. You're right. It's a while. And that's why Marseille sounds like such a good option because I think Juve was an option when it wasn't obvious that they were about to implode as a club. Like, mm. if Juve continued on their 2017 trajectory the last five, six years, he probably could have went to Juve. But they didn't. They After 2017, it's pretty much been them getting exposed for match fixing and them essentially being I, I think Juve's time as a top club is almost over like in some ways like it's gonna be this is like Calciopoli squared um yeah he's not going to Man United unless what if there's an oil money takeover there but even then I think he's like the Marseille Juventus Real Madrid France guy um yeah that's a good point but he, like you said he's not in it for the money so he can afford to be picky and yeah, like I guess that's the, that's all I would say. Are there any coaches like as good as him who take this long as sabbatical? Is probably a tough. Mm, yeah, I don't think I don't think so. Like usually, uh, guys like Conte or whoever they get hired within like six seven months. Uh, so these high turnover coaches they actually join a team pretty fast. So with Zidane, as you said, like there there are only a few teams he's ever gonna coach. Is not here to like manage teams for 20, 25 years. So he can afford to be that picky. And I guess just he's just being picky at the moment. Anything else before we close it out, Sid? Um, no, I think we should stick to these two. I guess I'll put the only wild card out there is Roberto De Zerbi is a potential wild card. But mm-hmm. like, I, I guess like Raul is technically a wild card too, but there's a reason I didn't even bring him up until now. It's because um, I really think it comes down to these two. And I think. Florentino is acutely aware of that as well. Um, there's a real opportunity to build something special. Mm-hmm. And um, especially like if Man City retained the Champions League or something this season, there's then an added pressure on us to like reclaim our status as something unique in football. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's all I have to add. Um, and also, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't want to ever get humiliated like we did last year again. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm done, man. I'm done. Like, even the first hour of that Classico, man, I never want to see that stuff again. Like, get that stuff out of Real Madrid. <laughs> All right. Uh, so whoever listened to us uh, on this episode on Spotify and uh, watched us on YouTube, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, uh, do follow us on all the social platforms. We are at Real Deal Pods on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and on Twitter. We'll be back with another episode next week. Until then, I hope Everyone is healthy and enjoying. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.